Greetings. Hello. I'm Connor Fowler. And I'm Matt Smith. And you are now listening to Apocalypse Duds. Uh, it has been a time. It has been a hellish time at the school. Uh, it's really trying, but you just kind of got to keep doing it because it's what is right i guess not to be sanctimonious about it but yeah and you're um, only like you're only what two weeks in like since you started back or something like that yeah yeah and it's been uh i think i'm gonna start taking video like because the stuff is unbelievable just Just like like little kids like running just like running and screaming and running and screaming and running and screaming like their parents don't even believe them right believe us when we say when we say what's going on you know they're like no not not my kid (laughs) which is like this everywhere at every school with every child right it's it's not Um, my little bobby he's a precious angel right right and bobby is like punching yeah. a five-year-old in the head repeatedly bobby is the <laughs> just bobby like, is the fucking son of satan himself uh the alza yeah, bobby right if you will right. and right 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 exactly um so we wanted you to well i guess we wanted us to say thank you and welcome to our new listeners um we have been advertising and it's really been working so yeah yeah <laughs> welcome We're, we're too stupid to know if uh, followers on Instagram equate to more listens, but hey, thank you for uh, thank you for following along and, and giving our stupid little show a shot. To the extent that anything matters, like the metrics are important at all, like it's just uh, it will be good to interact with more people. I mean, that's been totally. the whole of this show. Yeah, for yeah, both of us, I think, have just been meeting people. So yeah, and if you're a new person and uh, want to want me to stop making the joke that we never get email, because I think I've done that. Basically, <laughs> send us an email, I, please. I think I've done it consistently for you know the the little over a year bad. that we have. Yeah, a little over a year. Um, but yeah, shoot us an email. Tell tell us what you like or don't like, or tell us to go fuck ourselves. We don't care. We just we like getting. Even nons. if you want to say. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, even yeah, if you want to yeah. say, don't ever say shoot us an email again. Right. But right. Please, please do it. Please, send us please an email. shoot us an email. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I don't have a traditional job. I work for myself selling vintage clothing, as I'm sure everyone is aware. Uh, so I do not have the wonderful problems that Connor gets for working in the school system. Um, yeah. <laughs> I. I have a little bit, a uh, little bit easier of a life, and in that easiness, I have uh, had the second band practice for a new band this past Saturday. And man, like starting a band when you're almost forty versus like starting a band when you're twenty-one is a vastly different experience. And in a lot of ways, like I don't know, I, I'm really pumped on on how like me and the other two dudes, Grayson and Eric, kind of gelled, and we. We spent four hours practicing one song, and it's almost done. So, uh, yeah, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll we'll have something. Sounds recorded. fucking awesome. 
Yeah, uh, thank you, Connor. Thank you. Yeah, I always get inspiration. Yeah, and it's the, Matt, it's like, the like it's the like Matt version too, where it's like I I figure Matt is holding his phone up to the to the speaker. <laughs> it's like I don't yeah. know how it's being recorded, but it's like uh, yeah, it, it's it a little really nice. Good and it's like not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, little a little better. Little little slapdash. Like it's just practice shit for right now that I'm showing him, but. uh you know, I'm one of those wonderful night owls that gets inspiration at like one in the morning. And if Connor is up or he responds the next morning, he's he's always a positive uh, telling me this sounds good. Or if it sucks, he's like, yeah, that's not great. And we he and I, I, somehow, yeah, I mean, I would definitely tell you. Yeah, we have almost diametrically opposed uh, musical taste in a lot of ways. But like there's definitely some crossover and and. Cotter has been a cheerleader for the past, I don't know, nine months since I started like writing wow, and playing that's shit. So nice of you. Yeah, we have like whatever kind of relationship we have. It's just it's a good one where we're really supportive of each other. Yeah. So yeah. that's like And and I tell Connor like, when that's like part of the show too. Yeah, it's it's this this show is really just like us turning our personal relationship with one another into uh, something. Um, and yeah, we've said it before and I'll say it again. Like whenever Connor sends me something that I just absolutely think is heinous, I tell him and I am now his barometer for things that he thinks are cool. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. So, uh, right. If Matt thinks it sucks, I'm buying it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that, buying it. it. That to me overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that's that's what's going on in our world. Um, we the we have studs universe. The apocalypse studs extended universe. Um, Con Connor wrote something right. that uh, Connor wrote something that I had a really hard time uh, trying to articulate. And so, before we get to our wonderful chat with Dick Carroll, um, amazing, amazing, just phenomenal artist, like funny as shit. Uh, I. I I don't know. Super, I, super funny. Even for an Australian. Even for, I personally love Australians. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had a bad interaction <laughs> so with I, obviously. Yeah. It's yeah. a joke. It's a joke, right? They yeah. are a stereotypically funny people. They are. They are. There there are no Paul Hogan references, which, to my chagrin, I, I withheld uh, during the conversation. Yeah, but we didn't talk Crocodile Dundee somehow. We didn't. I, I fucking love Crocodile Dundee. Uh, it was, it was a, a very good uh that movie is in the smith is in the smith collection yeah yeah it's transformers it's, the transformers series I, yeah yeah i have this the, the, top world gun, the new top gun the new top gun is fantastic um yeah i i know it's propaganda but i like it anyway because i have a terrible taste in in cinema um but yeah we talked to dick about growing up in australia uh walking across the paddock uh i don't know how many yep. other hopping fences Hopping fences. Uh, yeah, we t we talked about him like being a punk rock kid pushing his skateboard around the New South Wales. Um, him drawing himself as as his basically main character in a lot of his uh, illustration. And yeah, it was it was a, a really fun a uh, little over an hour combo with with Dick. But um, yeah, before we get into that. Connor, uh, put into words something that we would like to say. So, 
if you've listened to this show in one episode, if you've listened to five minutes of this show, I think you already know our stance on the quote situation in Gaza. But we want to be clear, we do not punch down on this show, period. Everyone's humanity is sacrosanct. And I think that that kind of sums it up. Yep. So, uh, yeah, if you, you know, if you like what we're doing, um, we would love a buck or two if you feel uh, so inclined. Uh, Connor's Venmo is at Connor-Fowler. His PayPal is ConnorFowler at gmail.com. And yeah, stick around because I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. And thank you for listening. You'll get a hearty chuckle or something, whatever they say down there. Crikey and good day, mate. As they say in the bush, throw another vegan shrimp on the Barbie and crack open an ice cold Foster's as we prepare to welcome Australian cartoonist, Australian and cartoon, a man from the land down under, Richard Dick Carroll. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Uh, Dick, I have to go on record to tell you that uh, I struck down all of these stupid fucking cliche jokes that Connor wanted to make about <laughs> Australia. That's the it, whole entire point. We looked up the slang words. We know about bludging, okay? This is where we are on the show. It's an educational yeah. experience. A vegan shrimp on the Barbie? What does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. Vegan shrimp. Okay. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah, Perhaps. it would be just... Yeah, it would be just it would be just like Play-Doh. I, I, I am vegan, have had a lot of vegan options. Uh, I have never been a seafood person, and so I probably wouldn't even try vegan shrimp. Just just so we're clear here. Uh, and I don't anyway. know what it, I don't know what it would be. I don't know what it would be based off of. We're not ripping on veganism. <laughs> we just thought I thought it would be funny because I couldn't get Matt to touch a real shrimp. No, it's pretty no. right. Never. Yeah, that's like a weird ice, a bug on ice. They're insects. Everyone's so upset about eating bugs when they're just, we're eating bugs all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. they're so much grosser than any bug. They're so weird. You like Probably. crack open this little shell and suck the inside out? That's fucking Yeah, weird. yeah. It's fucking strange. I've never understood it. We'll never understand it. But <laughs> I mean, I'll eat it. But then you won't eat like a cricket? What's the difference? I have eaten yeah. crickets. I, I don't mean, like seafood, no, no, I mean, so I don't eat seafood. I have I eaten like bugs, but I will not eat seafood. I always say I don't like I don't... seafood, and then I'm like, if I'm near some seafood, I'm like, yeah, I'll eat all of this. I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I imagine it's very, com- it's like extremely common in Australia. To- seafood is like. Well, I'm, in, I'm inland, baby, so it doesn't even rain where I come from. <laughs> oh my oh. god! So we're let's let's get water, into that. No where? Yeah, where where are you from? In like, Australia, call it. Central West New South Wales from a town okay. called Dubbo. Dubbo. So really we love Dubbo. That's Central West. When you but it's it's like the last town on the on the edge of the great nothing that is Australia. <laughs> so <laughs> I was meaning that there are other towns, but <laughs> terminology <laughs> for like bands of Australia, right? So, like, you're in the coastal part of Australia, and then you're in the outback, and then you're in the bush. 
This I don't know what I was reading, but I was reading something. I don't know. I don't think there's a difference between the outback and the bush. Okay. They're synonymous. Yeah, I would say, I would say the bush. So there's I'm no the bush. You are. I am. There's like a mountain range on the east side, on the east coast of Australia, uh, the Great Dividing Range, and basically on the east of that is, is like pretty lush and green, and then on the west of that mountain range, it's becomes gradually more deserty and no, barren. Barren. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, dude. In deserts, I've never it's seen a desert in red. my life. It's not really a desert, but yeah, it's deserty, desertish. There's plants. Yeah. There. They're very small. Hey. Dick, have you been to the southwest of the U.S., like New Mexico, Arizona? Yes. You know, West Texas. Yes. Is it is it kind of similar? Like where you come from to that uh, type of like no. terrain? Okay. Okay. So it's it's somehow worse than living in like 125 degree heat with, you know, it's <laughs> well, a it's a dry heat, you know. Right, right. The plants are so you. different because there's no the Australian plants are only in Australia pretty much. So, got yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. There's there's like parts of California which feel very Australian, but not like where I grew up, where it's okay. like where there are like palm trees that are probably Australian and gum trees, all of these probably terribly invasive plants that. Right. Planted like oh, eight yeah. years ago, thinking that they were like good for the environment, but actually they were terrible for the environment. Yeah. But yeah. when I walk around there, I'm like, oh, it's just like Australia. The colors are <laughs> Australia. I mean, the gotcha. sun is like brighter and the colors are brighter. The ground is like red. Yeah. Like that red okay. clay. And then the trees are yeah. like not a real green and they're very well, sparse. I... So they don't have that tree shape. I never understood why people would draw trees that way in cartoons do you know what i mean that like yeah yeah for sure I went the way that you mean the way that i still draw a tree yeah well that's what trees look like but where i grew up <laughs> trees don't look like that that's <laughs> they're super yeah. weird and they're like this blue green gray they're not really very green interesting yeah as someone that lives yeah. in the southern uh part of the united states i am very well familiar with red clay and if it's anything like the shit here then god god help everyone uh so cool, yeah, I think so as well. Uh, so you're from New South Wales. Where do you live now, Dick? I live in Queens in New York City. Nice! Nice. Forest what Hills. a Forest Hills. Forest Hills. All right, all right. Get down with that. I, I was a fucking Queens. That's what we call it. Fucking like Queens. Queens, yeah. All caps. I, 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 was a <laughs> I was a Bushwick very close to Ridgewood uh, resident for a few years. And, like, I, I fucking love both, like, eastern Brooklyn and, like, Eastern Queens. I don't know. Like, there's some shit. There's some cool shit. Queens is cool. Yeah, yeah. Culture yeah. is cool. It's just like diversity is. It makes everything good. <laughs> yeah, Queens uh -huh. is sick. And my 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 wife's parents is sort of from nearby. They don't live here anymore. They live actually close to the Yukon or in Silver Spring, Maryland. But sure, feels cool being like from where they're from. They're around. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's, uh... Queens. How good is the but food in your neighborhood? What part of Brooklyn? It's medium, really? <laughs> it's, it's medium. It's medium. It's like yeah. a really nice part of Queens. It's like it's it's not gentrified. It's ungentrifiable, I say, because it's oh, it's like one of those parts of town that's that was never never had an up and down period. It was always nice. It was yeah, built gotcha. in the thirties or forties, and it was nice then, and it's still nice now. Probably upper middle class this is one of the wealthier neighborhoods in Queens. So oh, the food is like, it's fine. The food's fine. 
Yeah, we have, this, yeah. Sort of, we have that middle ground. We have some good food, but not like not as good as like the other parts of Queens where there are like a lot of migrants. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like a lot of white people food, basically. It's just like a lot of mid restaurants, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to yeah. shit on oh, yeah. anywhere, but it reminds me of DC food kind of. Like a Ugh, mid disgusting. It reminds me of like a mid city. Like the kind of food you get pretty good. Too expensive and like not that interesting. Yeah, it yeah. costs fifty dollars and it might as well be frozen. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a, it's good, but I don't have a fondness yeah. for the district. <laughs> you so, might, yeah. no, you might detect. Spots. I mean, we get a lot of bagels, like a, a lot oh, of places yeah. that bake on site. That, they're all here. I, I, I miss, I miss the fucking New York bagels, like just the. The bodega on the corner with a deli has amazing fucking oh, yeah. bagels. Like, there are, I was having this conversation with a friend. Like, in Atlanta, there's one, or actually, there's like an old, old Jewish spot that's like constantly packed. Um, I think they may have two locations at this point, but they've been in business since like the 50s. So, you know, they know what's up. And then um, in yeah. the neighborhood where I mostly like go out, hang out, or whatever. Um, there's a place that makes really good bagels. I will give them this, but I called them gentrified bagels because this, it's like this artisanal yes. bullshit and it's like $9 for a bagel with, yeah. with like avocado spread on it. And I'm like, guys, dude, just like make traditional dude, fucking bagels. Here too now. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like we can go to like, to like classic queen spots where, well, it's everywhere where I live is no one cool is coming out here to like hit up the bagels. Right. All good. No, there's nothing cool out here and every spot is, is good. But we go out to like on the other side of the big park into this great bagel spot called Utopia Bagels, which might be right. the best bagel spot in, in New York City. I don't even Ooh. know what neighborhood it's in. And that place is so busy. And like a plain bagel with cream cheese is probably yeah. $4. Okay. Maybe $4.50. Okay. No, that's expensive, that, dude. It's that is really, expensive. It's like bagels and rent, dude. When I moved to yeah. New York, I could get a bagel, a plain bagel with plain cream cheese for $2 or a dollar yeah. fifty. That was only 10 years ago. And now it's three times that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's Which like comparatively to the gentrified bagels in Atlanta, that is definitely cheap. But yeah, like yes. the spot that I used to go yeah, but to. Like a bagel with locks and cream cheese, you're going to pay $16, 17 Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Which is just as, yeah. just as a, an absurdity to pay that much money for breakfast. They tried to open one on Greenmount Avenue here in Baltimore, which is like a drug corridor, basically. And it was 15 to $20 a bagel. They were open for like a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dick, uh, you yeah. Bagels, we, we like. Uh, sometimes on this on the show we start with a uh, what we call the ensemble investigation, which is what are you wearing today? So um, we saw some cool oh, shit nice. in the intro video. Let, let's have what you got head to toe, toe to foot, what? Or uh, sorry, toe to head, whatever. I'll do toe to head. I'm wearing shoes because I I don't really care about wearing shoes inside. I'm one of those people, but and I just okay. went outside. Normally I would be wearing UGG boots. Mm-hmm. Okay, classic. all right. And it's right. Very Fuck! I didn't bring. I wear them inside. <laughs> I'm not wearing them right now because I just was outside. So I'm wearing uh, plain toed bluches, the olden one on the Barry last. Nice. The one mm-hmm. Yeah. With yeah. the big sole. I'm wearing red socks, Levi's. I wear jeans when I'm working because I can get pants and stuff on them and not 
I mean, I don't really care about getting paint on my dress pants, but right, right. You know, sort of, you sort of looks like, less cool. You fuck them on up a, a dress bit, pants. Dress pants a... You know what I mean? No, yeah. Like, in them. They they just get like a bit fucked up. Um. So I just wear like the same pair of jeans every day. So I'm wearing those Levi's, like uh, the LVC. They're actually the last of the Cone Mills denim. Remember, remember when they sold yeah. the factory? Whenever seven or eight years ago, and they the the Levi's stores were just like blitzing all of their LVC stuff that were Cone Mills. They just wanted to get rid of it to not have to talk about it. I guess kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. But it's still like wow, this is like the best stuff you guys sell, and you're just like fuck, eighty percent off, ninety percent off. So I picked. Yeah, it. yeah, and that that sounds very similar. Waste. Yeah, to, that sounds very similar to the well. first pair of, uh, like, I bought my first LVCs, I think, in 2008, and and it was the same kind of shit. Like, end of yeah. the season sale, everything's 90% off. And you're like, really? It's this crazy. is how it works? It's like these, these though? Yeah. So the, I've got those on. They never fade. I put them in the dryer. Like, I, I wash them in the machine. Nothing. Yeah. They... they Fade never, so they're slowly breaking in. I've had them for like six years. That's it. I'm wearing a Man green after, t-shirt heart. and a yellow Shetland. Hell yeah, hell yeah. This the Shetland is key. Great, this, uh, yeah, it's a great sweater. Yes, if I do fade. say so. The sweater is very stained with paint yeah. and stuff. So that's hey, that dude that also that makes sick. it yeah. Yeah, that makes it cooler. Uh, just out of curiosity, why LVC cut is that? It's like the 55 or something. Oh, nice. I can never okay. remember. They, they, shuff, they shuffle them around a bit, but yeah, I think it's the 1955 or 54, right. something like that. Yeah. It's just a classic gotcha. wide leg. Yeah. Hell yeah. The waist they're, 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 they're tagged always. at 33. The waist must be actually 36. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. They're huge. Yeah, the, the quality control was always very, very weird with LVC. You could try on, or Levi's in general, you can try on two identical size pairs and they will both fit completely different. Like, it drives me insane. That's cool. It's hard yeah. that kids can't keep it, can't keep it straight. Well, they shrink, they shrink, right? Especially secondhand, right. mm-hmm. but the new ones, these didn't yeah. really shrink at all. Right. Right, which is, which is weird because I've, I've I've had pairs that were yeah. tagged like a you know a thirty one and they measured like a thirty four and then they would shrink to a twenty eight and I'm like guys what are you what are you doing here I I don't understand that. <laughs> that's it uh-huh. well when I bought them I was a thirty three and right, I was like right. I'm gonna just fucking throw these in the dryer and shrink them up and they'll be great and then they right. They were huge, yeah. and now, that, now I'm much closer to uh, whatever their their untagged waist is. We don't right. have to measure it. It's nice <laughs> to grow into something in that way, though. <clears throat> All my yeah. other jeans have sort of, you know, they're in the bottom of the drawer. I'm, you don't get rid of them because you're gonna you're gonna trim down one day. But. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. right. You just have to have 15 articles of clothing that you will never, ever, ever fit into, even if you cut off pieces of your body. That's it. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, you know, obviously you've had an interest in clothing for a while. Um, we, we have asked in the past what your first clothing memory is, but I really like, after listening to another podcast, uh, that I love, they, they have a, a similar question about music, but what do you remember the first, um, piece of like clothing or footwear or whatever that had an impact on you? Oh, an impact. I'm not really sure. I don't think I really cared about clothes until I was like a teenager. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's totally fine. That's like the age, though, basically. 
Because yeah. no one is like eight and it's like, oh, I want to fucking wear these pants. I want to go into it. I have this memory. Well, I'm not sure if it's a memory or if I have just thought about it since, but I had this shirt that was like my dressy shirt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I sort of really grew up in like a lower middle class family. And we would have like one good shirt that we'd wear if we were like going to the the RSL club, which is like a diner that's attached to a casino. Oh, a club. Technically, it's a club, but it's really more like, you know, I mean, you have to pay. It's it's probably three or four dollars a year to be a member. Right. Hmm. We used to go there for like the two dollar roast dinners on Sundays. And, and I had this shirt, which was like an Adidas uh, rugby shirt. And it had mm-hmm. big vertical stripes. I was probably like 10 or 11, like bright blue, white, and black. And that was like my dressiest shirt. I would wear it to like someone's wedding, any like the fanciest events I would go to. But I would have to wear it if we went to the RSL club. That was my. <laughs> that, nice. Like, okay. Mid 90s Adidas, probably. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, that's sweet, though. I mean, like. Uh... The dressy rugby. Yeah, Solid. yeah, exactly. Because it's because you're uh, you're a little you're a little more formal. You're a little less casual. It's a middle shirt. It's a middle shirt. Um, what about the kinds of stuff that you saw while you were growing up? I mean, uh, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. I I I had a. I liked skaters, and I was a skater. We didn't really have skaters. You were. I was a skater from maybe when I was like 11 or 12 or something. And I liked that sort of thing in the late 90s, you know? Right, Mm -hmm. right. I I like music and stuff, but like looking around, I mean, the stuff I hated is like the stuff that I wear right now. We associated Right. Yeah. It's ironic that like the kids that came from farms were the rich kids. It's not what you necessarily would think. So the farm kids were the rich kids and they all dress really preppy in an Mm -hmm. Australian sort of way. They, and they wore Ralph Lauren and like jeans and stuff. We like, we didn't wear jeans when we were at all because we were like, we're not those. Cause you didn't want to be perceived. They suck. So Yeah, we wouldn't even wear jeans. I remember making a pact with one of my friends, Josh Wells. I'm going to name drop on here. Nice. That we would Solid never Josh. wear. We would never wear slim jeans because that's what the that's what the farm boys would wear. Wow, that is really saddle, wow. Saddle friggers, we called them. Like they were jerking off saddles. Saddle friggers. <laughs> Got to write that one down. Saddle well, it's friggers. It's like. Uh, in in South America and in Latin America, like the farms are where the rich people are. Yeah, 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 same. So, and the farm kids would go to like private schools in the city, like boarding schools and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I like those guys now. I uh, I left the city, and they're actually they're like fun to hang around. But I don't like them at the time. I don't like them in 1995. You know. Yeah, of, of course. No, it's of odd. Course. I mean, I had a I had a similar feeling about like Ralph and about Preppy when I was a boy too, because it was like these people are not like me and these people do not like me. <laughs> so like, what am I, right. I going to dress up like them for? And now here, I, how, here I am. Right. It was kind of fun to later on. We just dress that way. Me and some friends, we would just dress that way as like a, 
as a joke, kind of. Like, oh, totally. Like that's... an ironic in joke. Right. And we're that's like, what it's yeah, all about. we're like going to like punk and noise shows, but we're dressed as, we're like fucking dressed up. Yeah, you know, I was at the Grindcore show with a tie on. So cool. Right. You look the same, man. Right. Well, but that is punk in the punk scene is to look like not everyone else. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So it felt it felt like we fit in that way. Totally. I told Connor a story, I think it was yesterday, about um at my sophomore year in high school, you know, I'd I'd started driving. Um I was very into like punk and Christian ska that we discussed on the last fucking episode. Christian ska. Yeah, yeah. I I, I we've already been down this road. We don't have to get into it. I don't want to get into it. And like, like, you know, I, I was a weirdo in a, in a town of like, you know, 7,000 people. There were like 250 yes. people in my yeah. high school. Yeah. And I am a weirdo, but you know, like I, I was into all this shit. And then me and my friends during quote unquote spirit week during like the football season, we would have suit day. And so my, my outfit for suit day pretty much standard was, um, a like Stuart Tartan sport coat that I had thrifted. Um, who knows if it fit well or not? I really hope that there's no documented evidence of this. Um, but I then know, I agree. God the trash I used to wear, dude. Yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah. thank fucking God, my parents like my parents forbid trash. me to wear big jinkos. Anyway, yeah. So like it was that that jacket with wait a, wait 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 wait. Were you wearing the jinkos with the no jacket? no 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 no? I was that I was forbid okay. to wear the. I, yeah, I was forbid to wear the huge ones. I could only wear the like normal size ones, which basically fit like Dickies. Anyway, so yeah, mm-hmm. so it was the, the Stuart jacket, a white button down shirt from fucking Walmart or something, a skinny black tie, probably also from Walmart or thrifted, uh, black Dickies and black Chuck Taylors. And I was like, I'm the fucking shit because I, I'm not dressed like these other assholes. Like yeah, that's a that's a very punk like punk. Yeah, like you know, I, I just I love hearing other stories that are kind of synonymous in ways. I'm like, yeah, like dude wearing a tie and a fucking jacket to a punk show, like that's that's the ultimate punk. That's how and it is. I look like such a freak. Yeah, uh, I want to ask before we get into the art thing, what is it like going by dick? I mean, did you choose it? Did you, was the alternative rich, Richard? I mean, I know that that is the alternative, but I'm saying in practical conversational sense. <laughs> it's really, it's just started as like a pen name that I made up for myself when I was drawing comics. Not even that long ago. I mean, maybe, well, probably 12 years ago, you know, 12 or 13. Okay. Which in the scheme of things. <laughs> it doesn't feel that long ago. So no one really called me Dick. My parents, like every. Well, and in Australia, we don't really care about names that much. I don't want to generalize cultural stuff too much, but it feels like in America, people are more uptight about being called the thing they want to be called. And if you don't call them that thing, you're being disrespectful or whatever. But in Australia, the opposite is sort of true of you. If you come up with a name for someone, even someone you don't know, someone you haven't even talked to before, you could like start calling them something that could be insulting or anything. And sort of like a fun way to chat with people it sort of means that okay. you like them a bit it's like oh you yeah well it's name right. me, so you like me so everyone sort of calls everyone different things but mostly i got called rick or ricky okay yeah those are my those are my most normal names like that's what my wife calls me that's what my parents call me 
No one right. really calls me Richard. One or two teachers would call me Richard. And as I got older, I started calling myself Richard Moore. Not because I wanted to, but just because it was sort of my name. Mm. And there was this point where I was in primary school. My first bank card, we got like a bank card when we're like five years old or whatever. Mm. Start saving money with school, something like this. And my bank card said Ricky on it. Didn't have my real name on it. My official bank card, right? So they had given you. (laughs) And and so I had that account my whole life until I was like 18. And I never got my license, which is another punk rock thing I decided to do. Just hell yeah. I don't want to. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell (laughs) yeah. And you moved to to a place where you don't have to. Everywhere, dude. But um, no, it sucks to not be able to drive. It would be. But, well, I guess in Queens, there's there are more places to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. But so the I had, to, I had to like change my name at the bank. And it was really hard to go into the bank and try to convince them that my name was actually Richard. They were like, well, your name's Ricky. Why would we make this account? You know, I had to have that piece of documentation to get my ID. And oh, yeah. It was super hard to do. And I was like, I know like three or four of these tellers, you know, since I was a kid, like they all know me you know I, right can we just make this happen but it was <laughs> so it was a very small town not that small but you know small well i thought it was the biggest in that this new south wales right no sydney's in new south wales oh, oh i see i mean australia has only like seven states or something so i can't mm. even I can, i'll count one two three four five six seven eight eight we have eight nine yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But so, yeah, New South Wales is huge, though. It's probably t- two times the size of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. The, they're really, really, really big. Yeah. I was looking at like a, like a scale map. It's just that we're on, a, we're on a highway. So if you drive from Sydney to go anywhere, you go through my town, basically. And if you're driving across the country, you also go through my town. So that's why it's there. There's probably 50,000 people there still. There was one I grew up and there still is. So it's kind of big. 50,000. Yeah. Yeah. five high schools or something okay. six high schools we yeah. knew everyone you know what i mean you kind of knew everyone in your own year a little bit yeah it was big enough you didn't definitely know everyone but you pretty much knew everyone yeah yeah it, yeah. it sounds like a pretty typical like like suburb uh, outside a major u.s city like yeah you know, it's, it's a, but it's, there's it's, nothing else nearby you know what i mean there are right, right. oh nearby, totally but, they, they might have yeah. like one or two thousand people in them, so there's really like the fifty thousand feels smaller than than like a suburban town where there is other suburbs where you can actually for sure, yeah. do for stuff. Because sure. it's not like part of the metro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's, were on a train, but it was like a right, 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 like a rural line. Right. Yeah. right. Interesting. Well, right. we don't know anything about trains in America because we just don't. No, it's trash. It's the same in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> infrastructure stuff, just as bad or worse. You know. Yeah, I. I mean, I believe it. I think infrastructure in a lot of places is bad where they don't tax the right people. Yeah, yeah. I used to be. We lived out of town for a while, like just on the outskirts of town. When I was like eighteen, and I would catch a bus to work because it was probably an hour walk or longer, and through the bush to walk. Like mm. I had to walk through farms. I would like jump fences and walk through farms to get to work. Jesus. If I was going to walk, that's how I'd have to do it. Um, and I was the only person that ever caught the bus. I asked the bus driver once, am I the only guy that catches this bus? And he was like, yeah, there used to be a lady, but she stopped catching it. So 
was just wow. me. That, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I'd sit like up the back, play my Game Boy Advance. Nice. That's like a surreal existence. Yes. Total <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Walk, walking through the bush to go to work versus being the only person on the bus is is a crazy dichotomy. <laughs> it's both a bit surreal. Yeah. 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 Uh, so how did you how did you get start or get your start drawing? Um, have you you know, is it something you've done since you were a kid or uh, something you, you know, picked up later in life? Yeah, I think, I think it's the same story for most people where it's just something you don't stop doing, right? That's right. It. Okay. That's it. Right? Everyone draws when it's like usually. I, or maybe they don't, but I think they do. But then, so I was shitty at drawing. Wrong. But did you? Did I was you shitty at drawing. Kid, I, painted, I painted miniatures, felt like you which were I was good at, whatever. but I was not a good at drawing. No, but when you're it's, really young, you know, when you're like five to ten, you draw a lot. Oh like my God! Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then we just didn't stop drawing. That's all. That's the only difference. Okay. Okay. When people and... tell kids that their stuff sucks too, so it's like, <laughs> you know, right? Uh, you you mentioned paint earlier. Like, what is your preferred medium for the illustration that you do? Oh, uh, I usually use watercolor paint. It's not really okay. paint. Okay. I guess it is really paint. I just use ink and watercolor. That's what I usually use. And I use right, so brush. It, so it's physical, it's not. Like yeah, you're physical. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not drawing on an iPad, which no, no offense to that. No, I'm not meaning that. You know, different artists have different. No, no I think it's actually fine now. There was some. I don't think there's a, there's any difference really, except you have okay. a physical piece, which I like. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, as I someone that it's just another tool, but. Totally. It, you know, you're interested in clothing, which is a physical thing. And so it totally tracks in my mind that like a physical art piece is, is preferable to you. I like the, I like how it takes choices away as well. You have like an oh, okay. page, you right, can't yeah. zoom in. Uh, so you have this like finite space and then especially when you're coloring in digitally, I just sort of like go straight at, you just pick a random color that's, cl that's close to what you think you want. You just start doing it. But like when you're going to slap a color on a page and you can't really take it back, you just yeah. sort of like stop for a second and you have to think, Oh, okay. Do I really want to do this color? And it, yeah, that, that's sort it's of amazing. like making yourself make those choices is useful. I think. Yeah, totally. So I wanted to talk about, your inspirations and well you have said in an interview you compared clothing to cartooning which i thought was brilliant quote it's a very rich form of expression but also one that people don't take too seriously so to what you were talking about just now could you tell us about some of the ways that you use uh clothing to communicate in your art oh in my art yeah. Did you I, say you don't think you said that? <laughs> I'm sure I said it. I believe it. It's good I, point. I, it's a great I point. A great I think point. and when I, I read that in that interview, I, I was like, this is gonna be a great interview. Because <laughs> I found that quote and I was like, this is gonna be a great interview because this guy thinks in an abstract I, way. I agree with I mean I went to art school proper, like real art school too. Like, yeah, right. well you not went like to art school where they teach you any skills. I went to like art school where they teach you how to like think about stuff. Yeah. 
Um, so you're just forced to think about stuff for the rest of your life if you do that, which is okay. <laughs> it's a, it's like it's okay. a worthwhile burden. How do you use clothing to communicate in oh, your art? Okay, okay. So originally they were just two separate things for me. I mean, they're not really separate. You know, you're like art school kids. I think of the best dresses. Hmm. And I, I would put myself in the I past think... in the art school kid group. I'm not really an art school kid. I'm an art school kid at heart, but I don't look like an art school kid anymore necessarily. I'm old now. Because you wear suits a lot, right? I wear suits or whatever. So and then and then on the other hand, um, I make comics. And right. I think cartoonists can be good dresses. Some of my favorite cartoonists, I think, are, are goodish dresses. But cartoonists have this because they draw everything. We have to like, even more so than like a photographer or a filmmaker. You know, if you're drawing a room, you have to like, you have to draw the door. And mm -hmm. if there's if there's like an ironing board behind the door, you have to think, okay, there's an ironing board back there. I'm gonna draw that. And then next to this, there's a dresser, and on the dresser, there's like. There's some books, and then I, I get to write what the books are, and then on the books, there's some other stuff. You know, you sort of have to really think a lot. So I think cartoonists pay a lot of attention to stuff. Yes. When we're walking yes. around. So I think we're the best observers, maybe. Yes. Not all cartoonists, yeah. but I think cartoonists, by default, are very good observers. Um, and I think clothing is good if it's a good way to send a signal if you're an observer, you could see something and say, and sort of you make up these little narratives about people based on how they dress. Mm -hmm. And so you could, you could take that back on yourself as well and think, Oh, okay. I can make little narratives up or, or I could try to portray little narratives by dressing certain ways in certain situations or something. Of course. And when people see me, maybe they'll think the things that I think when I see people dress certain ways or whatever. That's why I do what I do. Cause I want the six year old to think that I am in charge. Look at that guy. Oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I totally, I know what you're saying. We might be on different wavelengths. I want to be like, I want someone that's not from New York to see me on the train and be like, whoa, look at that guy. Wow, <laughs> I'm in New York. That's what uh, people ask me. When people ask me for directions, I'm in New York. I'm like, ha, <laughs> I won. Feels good. Feels good. Yeah. No, so I'm not no, saying like, like I want to masquerade as an authority figure. I'm saying, to a six-year-old, there's very limited perception. And the oh, six-year-old yeah, sees yeah, the tie, the jacket, they see like the white man, they're like, this guy. he'll send us to the office. <laughs> and I won't. And that's the secret. <laughs> <But they're not> <laughs> <laughs> They've never tested it. you know. Yeah, well, I'm not going to punish anyone. I was punished plenty in my school days, and it didn't do me a fucking lick of good. So... Yeah, you're, I didn't um, actually make comics about clothes for a million years. I just used to make autobio comics and whatever. Yeah. Stuff. Well, that's that's, that's amazing. My era. Just, that's my era, you know, the 90s, late 90s. Yeah. I studied this Gen stuff X. in college. Yeah. We, young, you're not the first Gen cartoonist X. that we had on. Uh, <laughs> no, we had that? the cartoonist for The Economist on. Oh, really? Who is a dear, dear friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. And just like, I think... Because he's the only cartoonist I've known for a while. I mean, I've known some other people who are drawing cartoons, but like just a genius, yeah. just a pure genius. And I think like people who have the ability to draw cartoons are like, you're set in the brain category. Interesting. I mean, and well, this goes to one of the uh, later questions actually. Like, so when I was a boy, 
and I was dressing up my GI Joes, I was limited by the clothes that existed. But you, when you're outfitting people, you can do whatever the fuck you want over again, right? I mean, I guess in, like with the painting, guys. kind of not so much, but just amazing. Yeah. So many choices that you have to make. <clears throat> Is there ever option paralysis? Well, maybe. I think it's the same as everything, you know? It's like driving, I guess. Not that I drive. I've already I was going to say, you might not. <laughs> but like, you could go anywhere, but you're just going to go the same way you always go, you know? After a yeah. while, you get the hang of, especially with drawing. I think a lot of drawing cartoons or drawing anything is you develop this like language that you use personally or that you've copied. Usually you copy it off other people. And then after a while, it just becomes your own language. And then, so you just learn how to draw certain things, certain ways. And you just always draw those same things that same way. I think a lot of the time it's going to be the stuff that you engage with because you can't really draw things that you don't understand. You could try, but it's always, like, have you guys, you does it kill you guys? Or maybe you never notice that sport coats on animated characters always look terrible not like sport coats at all They're oh yeah bad representation of They're what like sport weird coats look like geometry it's like they they button at a weird point and i mean they don't have to exist as a real thing you know what i mean there's just like a symbol especially right. on like adult adult comedy cartoons but they're always super short because it's quite hard to draw a sport coat that's going to like cover your whole bum and then just have like yeah. little legs sticking out of the bottom of it that's really hard to animate i think so you do need especially for these more shapely characters, like a Bugs Bunny sort of guy. Yeah. But it's, it's weird. But I think that's just because the animators aren't engaging with that clothing, probably. Like right. Older cartoons are much better at it, like Bugs Bunny in a, in a tux from like a Chuck Jones cartoon or something, which is not something that I know if it exists or not. I'm just That's just an example I made up. But that would be cleaner. Would look I'm better. nearly positive it exists. <laughs> You're yeah, nearly Avery. <laughs> your herringbone for example and like yeah. i'm not an artist in this way i can appreciate many different things as art that i do i am not a traditional artist it just isn't what it is like my grandmother's an artist she's extremely talented i am not talented in that way the herringbone that i've seen it's always a little bit of it and like maybe this is obvious i would have tried to do the whole thing and it would have looked like dog shit <laughs> so like you have a suggestion the of the pattern and i think that that is really brilliant i don't love doing really meticulous work so yeah i like doing different parts of different things and it, i could be meticulous about writing or pacing or something but because the copy is good like too I like to is just very difficult it's yeah, or it's not something that I engage with that well. I don't think so. You don't have to do it. I think it looks good. It can look good, like different textures. You know, same with dressing. Like Slowboy yeah. Boy does it really nicely. I think he draws every little detail on everything he draws. Yeah, the Chinese English guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think you're either gonna do every every single fucking line, or just just hint at it. But you can hint at stuff. That's the secret that, yeah. In the 90s, well, and I, mean, I think we're all the same age, late 30s, or maybe I'm yeah. being 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be forty. Young gun. I'll be forty next the, month. You remember like the nineties, the nineties comics boom that we yes. grew up with, Matt? Yes. Oh yes. yes. Which I was obviously influenced by, as I'm sure you were. So we're all like drawing Spawn in the back of our school books and stuff. <laughs> right. Those guys. Yeah. Those guys just like put so much detail into their drawings, unnecessary detail. What is his name? This one guy, Todd McFarlane. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Right. But that, like, you don't need to do it. You know, you can just hint. Yeah. It's like interesting, like to draw a shirt on a guy. Drawing, like, if if the guy's quite far away, you wouldn't. I wouldn't draw like the center line to show or the buttons on the front of the shirt. Right. Right. It just gets, it looks too weird. Yeah, and it, it's a perspective thing, too. But you have to like, learn. You have to learn not to draw, what not to right. draw as well. Yeah. Well, it's, but when you think I, of a shirt, you think, well, there's a line down the middle, I have to draw it, because it's there. Right. Otherwise, it's not well, a shirt. It's like a you, sack, but you don't have Can to. you extrapolate, then, from the drawings, like, what not to wear? Because I think that a lot of people are using those, your style drawings, uh, yeah, educationally, even. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're that's the intent of them as well, from me. That's your intent. And people and people who pay me too, I'm sure. That's why right. they're paying me. Yes. But I think there's something there in a drawing which says, especially when it's not labeled, there's this like masculine energy to like collect things and be very exact about stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, I have this list of things and I just need to get everything on this list. Very specific things. I need this coin from 1942. I need this exact pair of sunglasses. But really, it doesn't matter. Any pair of sunglasses that looks kind of like that pair of sunglasses is going to be fine. Right. Unless you're right. really. And, and so I think drawing's useful for that because you can just draw. You can be quite vague. And people look at it and they don't think, oh, I need those exact pants that you might think if you saw it. Uh, like a photo of someone wearing some jeans you think oh okay I, I could only look like that guy if i'm wearing those exact pants but if it's just a drawing you think okay i could wear blue pants and a red shirt and look fine that's in that sounds like a cool combo i, I i'm sad that i've that never really sense. like yeah it's it makes total sense and i'm really like mad at myself for never kind of realizing that about fashion illustration um mm. like yeah it's a you know yeah, yeah it's symbolism, you, just, you know? It's not it, really it it's not really the thing. Just like a bunch yeah, of lines really and stuff. You know, it, I mean, it, it, photography is also symbolism, but just less, less so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's not like, reality I mean, either. No, definitely not. And there there are certain things about a photograph where like, you know, certain brands, designers, whatever have a a, a, a very like oh, I can I can pick that out. But a lot of times, like, photos often, you know, if it's not something, you know, if it's a, a navy jacket, a pair of gray pants, and things done very well, it's like, oh, I can also see that. And that's where, like, your art comes in. It's like, you're not, you know, you're not throwing a, a label on something and being like, go buy this fucking pair of Levi's LBC pants. It's like, oh, yeah, those are those are jeans. Like, that's... Yeah, that that's just like a genius way to think about it, which I've never never had yeah. that thought, sadly. Maybe you'll tire of us calling you a genius, but we're probably have like half an hour left, so <laughs> Well it, maybe And I like honestly I respect and have respected cartoonists my entire life. 
Yeah, yeah. Like That's there fun. are teachers, there are social workers, and there are cartoonists. And those are like the salt of the earth people who are guiding us through this terrible dark night. Yeah, it's a crazy job. I'm sure it is. I'm sure. It did is. you like draw it used to be a real job? Like, yeah. Well, did you like draw cartoons for the school newspaper stuff like that? I mean, we didn't have a school newspaper, but I did draw. I was in the year. I did draw cartoons in the yearbook and stuff, but not. Oh, that's cool. I drew like fucking. I drew like a like a Gen X team. In my best, you know, Scott Campbell, <laughs> fucking late nineties. <90s. laughs> I would copy a lot of like Warhammer fantasy art stuff like that. Ah, really see, I was art, up on I that shit too. Yeah. I, when I was younger, I was really into just classic cartoons and mm -hmm. classic animation, which really had a revival in the nineties and late eighties. So I totally mm -hmm. luck to be in that. To be in that field you know do, but that was you where still... once i was in art school i was like this is it man this is what i like this is what i really like is these old cartoons and so i started drawing more like that hell yes do you have examples of your like early cartoons and things still not that we not that we want you to send them in to Australia, us but... maybe okay i don't think i have it... anything i would send i had yeah there's got after in the, in the early thousands where i drew a lot of digital stuff and it's all on like some hard drive or something somewhere. You know? Right, right. I was always on the internet. I had like a website. Oh, you were Maybe a in young the late internet 90s, user. I, had a I was like an internet guy coding my own website and stuff. I had like a person that's... BBS that me and my friends used to use. Yes. Chat to each other, you know. They're like mm -hmm. classic early internet. I mean, like I was yeah. on 4chan. You know? Were you on something awful? No. Damn. See, no one, like, man. I didn't like something awful. Why? It was like the much it was know. like the much better version of all of the other humor sites. It was moderated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low and there was a paywall. Lotax died. Lotax died. Yeah, he died, really. Been, well, what's I might have been like aging out during something awful as well. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I, I don't remember like it at all. Right? It just was the whole internet nucleus, like the comedy of the internet was coming from there on Ebombs World, on 4chan. It was all originating there. I um, would go there sometimes, but I wasn't like posting on, I mean, I wasn't posting on 4chan either. I was unfortunately yeah. involved. <laughs> I mean, it cost $5, which at the time was like, I'm going to pay. I probably couldn't have joined from Australia, you know? I don't know how I would have right. paid that $5. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I wonder. I mean, I I yeah, still maybe live. PayPal, PayPal was wasn't international back then. Yeah, mm -hmm. was, I still live by yeah, two simple I mean, rules. I, I I have never paid for access to anything on the internet, and I refuse to. That is rule number one in my life. Rule number two is I never pay for parking. Like I I will I will park a mile and a half away in Atlanta, Georgia, and walk my ass to the fucking event that I'm going to and I will never pay for parking. Those are my, my two simple rules that I live by. Um, Matt so is I, a person I, of the, of the strangest, but most rigid principles. I think <laughs> it's so, I think it's so lived. charming. You know what I mean? What do you mean? You're not going to pay for parking. It makes me furious every time I have to pay for parking because I'm like, 
you're taking my money, you're putting it nowhere. You're putting it into someone's pocket yeah. almost for certain in this city. Yeah. Uh, and I, you want me to pay $5 an hour. It's not even like DC. DC is like a quarter gets you eight minutes. I guess New York is insane too, but I don't want to deal with that shit. We wouldn't pay for parking no. very often. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, it would be pretty random paying for parking. I don't know when we would do it. I, I would just always I get a ticket that I would have to pay for parking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well, I mean, it's a car uh, spot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's a car vibe. It's yeah, a car yeah. Vibe. Uh, so, Dick, That's you referred to yourself. <laughs> you said um, a, a few minutes ago about, uh, you know, kind of specializing in autobiographical comics early on. Um, and now oh, you're yeah. doing that, you know, now you're doing fashion illustration, but also I like part of the reason why Connor and I both love your artwork is because it's not super serious. And like, you know, you turn, you turn yourself and other people into cartoons, um, like a caricature. Well, it's still so, what? It's still auto bio, I think. Oh yeah, I totally, totally. Certainly, because it's certainly, you, I mean, right? right. Yeah, the, the, a lot of what you do is autobiographical. But but what is that like to turn yourself into a cartoon? Oh, it's fun. I don't know. I've been doing it for so long; it's felt like the only. Way to do it. <laughs> you have okay. the most blasé answers. It's like it is a miracle, actually, that you were able to produce drawings that are good, right? Because a lot of people try to produce drawings, and they are bad well you, you try for a long time yeah you've been out of your whole fucking life you're an artist back in the day i had like i mean i had a i had an auto bio comic that i used to put out i probably started it when i was in high school on my old website that that was just like me and my friends in that kind of web comic era right like gag strips probably horrendous it's better that this stuff's unearthable you know <laughs> i tried to find it it's gone it's gone <laughs> i think a friend of mine has a cache my friend who had the server i think he has this has some cache of the server somewhere but it's okay i don't need to i don't need to redig this stuff up but you know those i probably made 150 strips back then i used to put them out Jeez. two or three times a week and they're all this... probably horrendous but i've been doing autobio comics for at least that long and, and this guy thinks the that they probably the suck and they probably you know? are good. You were a zine maker. Yeah. 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 Well, I discovered zines and I was like, yeah, this is it. I could do this, but comics, I could do that. So I was oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. zines, comics. I mean, I was really pretentious in my uh, high school years. <laughs> really obnoxious, I think. Weren't we all? Weren't we all? So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had like really long hair and I just. I still ate meat, but I, I would get like veggie subs from Subway. No meat, because I was like, oh god, oh yeah. the veggie delight, <laughs> the veggie delight, Dude, yeah. just veggies, just salad, like no. Yeah, it's like no if you salad. ever wanted to put a put like an entire green pepper onto a piece of bread right. that they Let's maybe made. Yeah, we've got <laughs> it. It's happening. Yeah, it's like loaf. well, I like now that they're uh, the meat is uncut. Yeah, they have to slice it now. Those poor sixteen-year-olds, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they might. I mean, in Rahm Emanuel, 
lost a finger at the Arby's. So it's dangerous. I've never been to Arby's. That's in my future. I'm gonna well, it will actually go ahead. I'll tell you it's amazing. And then One you can by. have the illusion. Really, and you haven't <laughs> been. I really haven't been. On foot, you can walk over there. Do you well, know this, though? Walk. It's a long walk. I can well, ride. do you know this? It's a pun. Uh, tell me. Arby's. I still don't know what the pun is. Roast beef. I, I don't get it. Arby's are roast beef. Oh my Arby. God. It's yeah, very that's bad. bad. That's the yes, worst fucking it's pun very of all bad. time. To call it a pun is generous, but it is technically correct. That's that's actually a very Australian thing, where so say the restaurant was called Arby's, like like an mm-hmm. R and then a B and then an S. Um, like like so we call McDonald's Maccas. I don't know Maccas, which I love. <laughs> I love Maccas. I call it Maccas. Then you go to Maccas and it says Maccas. It doesn't say McDonald's. At, in Australia, it says Maccas on the wall. Not everywhere, but there's definitely McDonald's. The, the sign just says Maccas. Oh well, I discovered Akadaka. Yeah. What? Amazing. Amazing. And oh, I think if it's true. Akadaka? No, I didn't know about Akadaka. Matt knew about Akadaka, which is ACDC, everyone, with the Australian rock band. Uh, I thought everyone knew that. I didn't think that was even a. I, I no. don't, I don't I mean, know. I had how... no clue. I don't know how I knew it. I feel like maybe I've I've had an Australian say that to me before, but like deep in my stupid fucking brain that the little person in my head found that in a filing cabinet and I was like, oh yeah, like Akadaka. Okay. Akadaka. They played in my hometown in like 1977. Oh, wow. shit. Some like terrible pub. And my dad was there. A lot of people I, I knew were there, but it was... A, dude, I, I have to like say... 50 people there. I don't know what it is with this week, but ACDC has come up in conversations that I have had or like in various circumstances um, basically every day for the past week. I don't know how I really, I mean, I, I like it some ACDC, but this just keeps the fucking. Ghost of Bon Scott. Maybe. Yeah, I, it just I'm keeps. Like, I'm Australian, yeah. but I'm not like crazy yeah like i enjoy them but like somehow acdc has come into consciousness every single fucking day this week and it's weird as hell just it's hard to have a voice is just too silly i think yeah dude it's like radio birdman are way better than acdc for like australian bands oh yeah yeah and i mean they're out there they're playing we talked about we talked about silver chair on this program I'm a huge Silver Chair fan, in case that's not obvious. Uh, at least Frog Stomp. I, I kind of gave up. I kind of stopped caring yeah. after that. Yeah, when they were teenagers, that's cool. Yeah, I dude. That was cool. Like, yo, you're really fifth, shit town too. You're 15 All years my old. Live in that town. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah. yeah okay. That I makes sense. Of, I got a lot of like. Sisters, but. You're 14 and 15, riding Pure Massacre and Shade, which is awesome. fun it's fact. So the first guitar solo that I ever learned when I was like. 16 wow or, or maybe 15 i don't remember but but yeah like australia's produced some fucking great bands uh, a bunch of hardcore bands that like i played with over the years too yeah, um music, somehow 
So a question was either dodged or I didn't ask that I would like to get an answer for out of my personal life. Uh, not necessarily my personal life. We try to be educational on the show. And so you, an expert mixer of patterns and colors, mm. how do you do it? Do you have like rules? Does stuff just look good to you? I think that's going to be your answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> for what? For. Uh, so for pattern for mixing for uh, clothing, right? When you're drawing somebody, do you say, I'm going to make this thing really colorful, bright pattern, and then everything else will be demure? Like, do you have a system? Do you just do what feels good? Um, so it depends. It depends. It, in a drawing, it depends on what the job is, you know? Mm -hmm. If it's for a client and they're paying me, I'll, like, just work it out. You know, I, I like, work on it. Just do, like, a bunch of sketches. I, I, like, scan my black and white sketches in, and then I do color tests digitally. Mm -hmm. Or with color pencils. Sometimes I come up with a color scheme before. Or sometimes they have things they want you to color, certain colors. And you so draw, you like... locked to whatever they want you to draw. But sometimes yeah, yeah. If, you, if you have a bit more of a free reign, yeah, I have like a color palette that I've just kind of developed uh, mm -hmm. accidentally, you know, not super intentionally. And because I use watercolors, I've got like physical paints, and so they exist. So I can't really step outside of the colors that exist too far. Do you know what I mean? Especially, you can... There's like a warm yellow that I really like. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but I like primary colors. I like bright colors. I actually find I dress more like my cartoons now than I used to. I probably yeah. would dress more somber once, and now because I like bright colors, because I think I like classic cartoons and comic books and stuff. Um, I like bright, flat colors. I find that I dress more in bright, flat colors as well. It's a good way to dress. I think it's like, I don't know, if you have... For example, like you have your brown corduroy jacket, but you have a yellow sweater. Like that's a nice look, you know. Yeah, You're yeah. not being too in your face. Um, even sillier. I think if you if you've made a drawing, you really think about it a lot, and then you're like, "Yeah, okay, I could wear like purple pants <laughs> with like a plaid jacket. That's fine. That seems totally okay to me." So, do you have stuff that you draw that you can't buy? Ah. Uh... Not usually, sometimes, but I have so many clothes, Connor. Yeah. How many? How many clothes do you have? You got two <laughs> clothing racks, one clothing rack. Two. Yeah. Two, two clothing racks. I've got two clothing racks. I mean, I thought there's a lot of clothes. It probably is a lot of clothes. Two. Two. I've got my suits in one closet. It takes up the whole thing. And yeah. Most of my suits are on hangers by themselves, and then jackets and stuff. I've got some stuff doubled up. Oh yeah, I I just started doubling up. I've got like six yeah. shirts on every hanger, and I probably have <laughs> eighty hangers. I've got an insane amount of shirts, and then wow. my pants are also doubled up. And then I've got like things folded. I um, that's impressive because I limit myself to thrifting for the most part. Like I don't really buy stuff because I'm poor, you know. I'll but buy like, stuff, but not very often. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just like. Uh, I feel like now I'm at a point like both of the clothing racks are full. If I add something, it would be wise to take away something, but uh, I don't know. I don't play How by do those rules. Choose? How do you choose? I think that's a, that's a, that's a loser's game. 
Just collect. It is a loser's game. It's definitely a loser's game. Love losers. Stuff. Yeah, it's the it's stuff, like rules. the one joy. Like, oh, yeah, having stuff. It's like, are you joking? It's it, stuff is great. It's the one I joy that our capitalist overlords allow us is to oh, buy, yeah. buy, buy, baby. It's so nice to have all this stuff. Uh, and then you like discover it again, and you're like, oh wow, look at that shirt, man! I remember when I bought that shirt. And I didn't wear it one time. And you put and it on, I've not like, worn it. The shirt is tight. Yeah, and yeah. The shirt you were wearing yesterday. Yep. Yeah, it's the agony of uh, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> I find too, I'm in like a lucky, well, lucky. I'm in like a position where, because I worked in fashion now for so long in retail as well as yeah. now in the, the other end of retail or whatever. Um, I have like a lot of friends that were clients or clients that are now friends. And I can like, I, I do work for clothes. Not always, but I can do work for clothes. So swaps, the trade barter system is is well and truly alive. You know? Yes. And so you could, yes. I could, I could get stuff Noted. that I would feel very. I mean, ironically, I would probably sometimes ask for the same amount of money as like a new bespoke suit for something that I'm doing that they would give me a bespoke suit for. But if the money was never exchanged, it doesn't feel like it was exchanged does that make sense right yeah if you're like yeah. i'm not paying well, it's like of spending cash thing, and you're not paying thousands of dollars for this thing so it's fine right okay. right what's I a little deal between friends yeah yeah exactly what's <laughs> a little swaps. what's a little barter between uh compatriots it's a treat and then so yeah you just end up with cool clothes clothes that you like but thrifting is fun. Thrifting is such a treat. And I don't buy, I used to buy trash all the time. And now I just buy, I feel like I'm an expert thrifter. You guys are also probably expert thrifters. And I just love the it. Creme de like, la yes, creme. that's it. That's what I'm going to buy. But I know it when I buy it. I never think about stuff anymore or very rarely. Right. right. Matt is definitely. I just buy it. Like, I'm like, oh, that jacket's $350. That's a lot for that yeah. jacket. But then you think, but it is a jacket I've been looking for. It's actually a good price. I'll just buy it. I buy it every time now. <laughs> every day. But every time. I just cuz it's too many times I've gone back and it's been gone and then you think about it for years. Oh yeah. For yeah. Jacket again. <laughs> Do you Jesus. have one? Do you have a thing that stands out to you? Sorry, Matt, are you trying to say something? No, uh no. I I like the white whale question. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't have anything right now. So I have no white whales. Nothing that you're seeking? Nothing. 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 You can't have all of that stuff and not be seeking a better version of at least one me, piece, right? Yeah, I, see I what mean, you're I'm like. I'm not like, you know, I'm not desperately. I'm not like on eBay every day looking for stuff. Right, right. They have done something to eBay that has made it way more compelling. I don't know what it is. Really? Do you know I what I'm talking about, Matt? I've I always been into it. I've been buying shit on eBay since I was in middle school. But now it's like, I'm looking for shit. I'm buying shit. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, weird about buying stuff. With, you oh, guys sorry. talk about Ralph Lauren a lot. Everyone talks about Ralph Lauren, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. This thing where I think that Ralph Lauren stuff, especially on the thrift store rack, I could pick it out now straight away. Totally, totally. Yes. Because they look like the 
best plaids. They look like what you think a plaid shirt should look like. But like a real plaid shirt from the same era never looks as good as a Ralph Lauren plaid shirt from like 1999. Because they yep. do something. Their colors are better. Their cloths are amazing. Even if the fit's not right or whatever. But so, yeah, I I just buy like a lot of Ralph Lauren stuff, I feel like. Because it's it looks so You're on the right program then because we were yeah, changing yeah. the name to the ralph lauren den which yeah, only like runs... the trousers yeah like on ebay they're cheap they're great quality even brand new you can buy them on sale it's just yeah it's the best store i think yeah it's the gift it keeps on giving good. it really is it, we just hit our our uh, contractually obligated ralph lauren quotient or sorry quotient <laughs> for the show um yeah, we're we're and huge fans. I used to work there. I didn't used to work there, but I I, I never worked there. I ever. I I interviewed and the uh, manager of the uh, Atlanta store was such a fucking like asshole to me about the job, and I knew like five people that worked there that all recommended me, and she was like, "Yeah, like your answers in the interview were not were not." like up to par and i was like go fuck yourself dude i know more about ralph than you could ever possibly wish to know and i can't sell it go fuck yourself uh very still salty about they that made me fucking... work in the they made me work in the stock room at the j crew outlet because yeah and i was like i was like listen i can sell this shit i'm wearing this stuff i know what it's about but they did not like me for some right. reason. I uh, don't know what the reason was. I can't yeah. think of any reasons. Reasons I work yeah, for myself. White whale. Yeah, here it here it is. I have one. I have one. Well, it's not it's not that big a white whale, but it's I've been looking for this for years. Like a Burberry trench, double breasted, um, with the button in lining, and the lining is oh, the yeah. check. The lining's the plaid, so not a zip in liner. The button gotcha. liner. And then, and then the it's got to have um, the pockets with the flaps. Not yeah, the, not the through pockets with the buttons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you got all the cool details. The pockets with the flaps. I don't think they ever did a throat latch under the collar, but I would like a throat latch if they ever did that. Obviously, it has to have a belt. I don't right. really care if it has the the patch on the chest or not. But okay. what do you think right. about? I was at. I worked for this haberdashery, and we would get in weird shit sometimes. One of the weird things was like it was like a full wax cotton suit, not like a business tailoring it suit, like a two piece. It was like uh, extreme bush clothing. Like it was Orvis. like, yeah, it was like Orvis, but like apocalyptic Orvis. <laughs> So I didn't know if that was like a common like bush bush guy outfit. Like here's my wax cotton dungarees. <laughs> oh, do you, do you know the jacket? There is there is one wax cotton jacket that is like yeah. Common. I know the jacket very well. The yeah. duster, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's by the the brand is called Dryzabone. Yep. Huh. It's like big. Yeah. It's got big. It's got like a big range because it has the double. The yeah, it has exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly what I'm talking Farmers about. Farmers wear them. And it's the – I mean, I was never around farms that much, more than you guys maybe if you were never around farms at all, you know. But 
I wasn't like on a farm every week or anything, but I have a friend who grew up on a farm and he would say that the, the shearers, especially when they would come in and in the winter, they would just wear stubbies, like the shortest shorts, shorter than your underwear. I'm sure. Whitey <laughs> whitey man like me, like the shorts just stop where your, where your legs start. That's how short the shorts are. And these guys wore them all year round and they would wear boots, shorts, and like probably a flannel shirt in the cold. Truly right. cold mornings, and then a and then a fucking big dryer bone over the top, which is full mid calf, like almost. Yeah. Mid-calf. Oh yeah. So you see, like a bit of skin, the shin is showing, <laughs> and it just looks like you're completely naked with boots Dick? on under this what? huge. <laughs> Why haven't you drawn this? I don't know. I don't That's know. Maybe like I have. maybe I, have. I don't think I have. Can, can you draw That's this like number one image? Yeah. Yeah. I, what what the question is? What would you commission charge us for a commission of this solely for this episode of the podcast? Because that's the apocalypse duds mascot right there. Yeah, the yeah. Guy. I'll just draw it. Yeah, I'll draw it. All right, sick, sick. So this leads into my next <laughs> question, which I had to ask um, because I I love these and uh, they are from Australia. Oh, I know where this uh, is. Were these, you know where this is going? Yes. Okay. Bloodstones. Uh, Blood what, how <laughs> funny is it to you that like every, every motherfucker in New York owns a pair of Bloodstones, which I think are personally amazing fucking boots. And I know there's, there's an Australian maker that still makes them in Australia, but they're ugly as sin. Um, they are not quite the yeah, same. I can't remember the brand. Red yeah, bat. Red Redback. Red yeah, I I have tried to buy and and tell myself that Redbacks look and you know I know they're going to be as comfortable, they're going to be as cool as Blundstones wearing. Every time I look at them, I'm like, I can't fucking do it. <laughs> so, how um, funny is it to you? How funny is it to you? That is was the question. That was like one of the. I don't think Australia is like a super stylish country necessarily. We put yeah. out some cool stuff, or or oh, well, yeah. country. I mean, like the cities. I don't think the cities are that stylish necessarily right. compared mm-hmm. to like like I think New York is a great style city. Of course, everyone knows. Yeah, that. totally. Of I don't course. think city. I don't think Sydney is that good a style city. It's okay, but it's not that good. But Blundstones were very popular with the art school kids. Always. Sure always popular no i didn't like them because everyone wore them that's how popular they were and probably my whole i went to art school twice i went once in like 2004 and i dropped out and then i went again in 2014 and i finished but um bloodstones were popular the whole time throughout there yeah definitely popular in the 2014 and like really cute girls would wear bloodstones right i know yeah like like it's a great look like they do now like they do now yeah Um, but no one like, but no one else was wearing them back then. It was like only art school girls wore bloodstones, and they'd like clomp yeah. around in the ceramic studio or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was fun to see what I considered an Australian art school staple migrate to America somehow. Almost the exact same time I moved over here, it felt like it felt like they existed and were pretty popular by 2014 when I moved here. Oh, totally, yeah. Does that sound right? It was probably a few years before that. Maybe people like going to Australia discovered. I was say I bought my first pair in at a place in the East Village in like the winter of 2011, maybe 2012. I can't yeah. remember. But like, 
Dude, I, I wore them. They got bought I, by like an Italian company. Yeah, okay. around that time. So you could, they were probably like exporting them more. You know. Yeah, they were. They were so, like on sale, and they were like 120 bucks. You know, whatever. And yeah. like, oh, I dude, wore those. Was, they were like 60 dollars in Australia yeah. in 2015. Yeah. 60 Australian dollars. Right. Tax right. included. Yeah. I, I <laughs> want like, a pair. 40 bucks? That's like, that's like 40 American dollars less. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wore my pair so, like, I have never seen a more destroyed pair of Blundstones than the ones that I sadly threw away when I moved <laughs> last year. I've and seen like, some. I've seen I, some. Dude, they were, I, I mean, I wore Matt them. Matt does impossible things. I do, Matt does I do, impossible I do. things. I probably wore them, you know, at least like three quarters of the days in a year at some point or another for almost nine years. And they, they were just toasted, but like, I can't bring myself to pay retail for a pair now. And I, I wish yeah, I they're could. like $200 now, right? Yeah. They're like 200 bucks. Yeah, and like, crazy. It, that's why I haven't, that's why I haven't bought a pair. Yeah. Cause everyone yeah. has them and they're expensive. I mean, they're, uh, they're fucking so, fantastic. Yeah, they seem tight. My cousin is a UN guy, and he goes to like places on Earth uh, that are dirty, at least, and messy. And he swears by the Blundstone. They're real. I, think, I mean, do you know so R.M. Williams? Yeah. I do. I do. I, I was going to mention this. They're fucking incredible. Yeah, they really like that's really shoes. like everyone wears those shoes. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you say, really everyone amazing. wears Blundstones, which they kind of do. But in Australia, like Iron Williams became, they weren't really when I lived there. They were popular, but again, just amongst the saddle friggers and their dads. Right. The saddle um, friggers. <laughs> but um, and I mean, I think it's a cool brand. I always liked it, and I always had a pair because I like kind of playing country in the city a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's a weird but thing though, very right? Popular like popular now. They're very very popular. Like yeah. every, like that's the like the prime minister would wear them. It's like the mm -hmm. only dress shoe. They're like the right. penny loafer of Australia. <laughs> like truly, and it's not they're not considered a like a cowboy shoe. They're just like a dress shoe. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, no one thinks, oh, you look like a cowboy. They just think, "Oh, you're just wearing your RMs. That's just a shoe." That's like totally. a nice shoe. That's that's and no one would have yeah. any other nice shoes, only the RMs. I have a, uh, a yeah. I have a vintage acquaintance yeah. uh, in Australia. I'm, I can't. He may be in Brisbane, um, but he is a vintage collector. Know him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, probably not. Or um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he has a collection, you know, that he posts and like he buys and sells too. But he posts a lot mm -hmm. of like old vintage uh like rm williams stuff and like levi's shit that was made in australia um and you know various other other clothing that was produced there like it's so cool to me to see that because like you know i know rm williams i know blundstone i really have no other like connection to things that are made in australia but like there's a bunch of cool shit that that has been over the years yeah the other thing is this T-shirt by an underwear company called Bonds with a D. Bonds, okay. Like B O N D S. Um, and it's just like a ringer tee, like a tight ringer tee. But they were like very popular. Bonds tees were like the classic. So if you see any Australian band, especially in that seventies, eighties period, but through the nineties, everything. Maybe not in the nineties when shirts were really baggy, but everyone was wearing Bonds tees. 
Oh, that's cool. raglan sleeve, raglan. Ooh. And, and people would like print stuff on them. The right. The is like a real classic, and they were always made in Australia until you know the 2010s or something. Right. Man, I'm gonna have to seek one of these tight. out. Yeah. Skin tight, and you see like like the fattest old man wearing like a yellow one, <laughs> big belly, <laughs> little shorts, big socks, long socks, knee high socks. Little dress shoes, cute man, tucked in. Wow, sounds <laughs> uh, so. I was gonna talk about waltzing Matilda, but I'm not going to. Uh, I think it's an amazing song. I the think classic. it's a, well, it's amazing that like the the unofficial national anthem of a country is this song about this kind of bad ass guy who kills himself to escape being pursued by the pigs you know and it's like in america we but don't no, have no songs like gets that to the end of that song you only sing the first verse and then you just let it right eat around. i, I mean right, it's, right, that's right. that's that is not so different than the star spangled banner which no one knows the every national anthem is like that. No one ever knows yeah. the second verse of any national anthem. Right. right. Yeah. And then I we killed them because we wanted to. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what it's all about. So the last thing I was going to say, amazing slang, very rich, very clever stuff. I was reading some examples and I was thinking, is this Australian payback for years of penal servitude? That we're all saying these insane slang terms like they're real, like quote Tucker for meal. Have you got any others? Uh, I think I was reading your comics with everyone speaking with an English accent, and now I'm reading them with an Australian accent, and I like it a lot better. Uh, I forget, you know, I mean, I know a lot and we, cause I don't want to be like you, the one Australian person I've ever talked to in my life, you know, but it's like, you are a clever person. And so I'm sure you have good <laughs> slang. You're our one Australian friend. That's the only Australian. I asked my Australian friend about this interview actually to prep for this interview. Cause I was like, I want to really razz him about some get shit. Get any good slang? From Alex. Alex is a PhD at Johns Hopkins. Uh, extremely smart. Very clever. No slang. He didn't give up any slang. He no said slang. that, uh, well, we could talk about the uh, the voice vote, you know, that's where that came from, of course. <laughs> so, like, he uh, approved the intro. So, Well, I think the, the best one, and an English guy told me this, but I'm pretty sure it's Australian. But I, I remember learning learning it from an English guy, is we're not here to fuck spiders. That's a classic. <laughs> we are not here to fuck spiders. Wow. You wow. can figure so out what So that's the title. That's the okay. title of yeah. the episode. Yeah, we're not here to fuck spiders, uh, which are comically massive in Australia from my very arachnophobic... Uh, maybe you could. Maybe you could, but... Yeah, maybe you could. That's not Dude, why we're I, here. I, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to dip into tropes about Australia. It seems like a beautiful country. I would love to see it one day. Uh, minus I think they're the all nine, true. The 9,000 yeah, hour flight. Seems dangerous. Um, Actually, the, you know, I was there one year ago. Everyone has mullets. Not ironic. It, you know how people have I, mustaches now? Not ironic. Yeah. yeah. You know mustaches. We, were, we, had, we all had ironic mustaches in like the late 2000s. Now, 
everyone has mustaches. Their mustaches are somehow they graduated from being ironic to just being something that they have. Yeah. Now they look yeah. good. You agree? I mean, uh, I can have yeah. a mustache now. Totally. Yeah, you, you used definitely to be able can. to have a mustache. No, no, like you really. Five, you couldn't have a mustache unless yeah. you're a baseball player. Oh, it, like, or my father that has been rocking a mustache since the late seventies, and when he shaves it, he he looks so weird that like multiple times yeah. in my life, my mom has been like, "You got to grow that back. You just you look weird." <laughs> uh, yeah, so it makes kids nice, cry. It it's, makes kids cry. Like if you're if the dad shaves off the mustache, the kid is like, the kid, ah, right. who's this person? Right, exactly. Pretty different. I mean, and I'm you're a, right though. And I mean, I wish I could have a mustache, but mine is bifurcated. Pretty wicked. dude. It's pretty wicked. Yeah, it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm not like weird. that now. Mullets, truly unironic. Everyone has yeah. a mullet. Not a fashion mullet, just a mullet. Everyone just has a, a mullet. real mullet. A real mullet. Everyone yeah. has them. They're not. I mean, they're they're coolish, but it's just a it's a truly. I was like, now that everyone has them, it's whack. It's like, no, no, it's cool. It's good. Not because I come back here and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really like, really looks like I'm in Australia. You know, and everyone's got mullets. It's like, this is sick. Yeah. I grow my hair out a bit longer in the back now. Well, I've got it. I mean, let's do it. it. You just got to cut the sides back a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to get the party. You have to get the party uh, equally distributed. Um, it, it can be party front, party back, you know, your choice. Party everywhere. Wait, I'm, party I'm everywhere. Back, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I, I was just going to say the, like, I am an animal person. I love animals. Um, I am vegan, as we discussed earlier. Uh, the insanity of animals and insects and various uh, non-human life from Australia solely makes me never want to visit Australia ever. <laughs> That yeah, I, I would ima- go. Yeah, I, I, I would go. I'm not worried about if a snake kills me, then that would be appropriate. I, I don't want to see the biggest spider <laughs> that St. Pa- Patrick's Day revenge. Yeah, they are around. You know, the snakes are yeah. around. You oh see yes, them. like it's not. I yeah, I, especially I, in the I, summer where I grew up in the summer, there are a lot of brown snakes, like the, the most deadly snake. There are a lot. Yeah. like you see them. You know, not every day, but if I was like when I was walking to work, like we were saying earlier, through right. the paddocks, I Popping would see snakes. The... Definitely, yeah. sometimes they like lay out on the clay in the sun, and you can see like sometimes dozens of them. Just, oh, like, maybe I re- maybe around. I redacted the idea and of a big dozen spiders. You see big the spiders dozen all the snakes time. Does not yeah. appeal to me really. It, it's really the spiders that that kill it for me. Like if I saw a spider, the yeah. In person, the size that I've seen in some videos from Australia, I would simply just Huge. like like as big as your hand, bigger than your hand. Well, it's like you don't I, want a pussing abscess from any reason. They don't bite, right? Yeah. They don't bite. Yeah, the big ones don't, but there are uh, pussing abscess givers. There's that. Have you seen that little guy? He lives only on the east coast near Sydney, and My he skin a little trap. Yeah, spider. We have good names for them too. Uh, he like yeah. lays lays it he lays the fucking his web on the ground so that Spider he can feel it when someone shot. gets near it and then he builds a little hole in the ground and then he builds a perfectly camouflaged roof yeah go he fu- pops up out of the roof and attacks and then pops back down and i that feel guy something crawling on my back right now Fuck all like the way so... like, yeah, thank yeah. you dick for contributing to my nightmare it's not that bad 
Uh, you say yeah, this as are. someone you just you're kill them. You just kill them. Yeah. Oh god damn it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a nightmare about the, that tonight. You get an axe and you you cut the snake in half. <laughs> Yo, if there's a spider you that you need spiders to spiders with WD forty. You call your uncle. I mean, you're probably on your uncle's farm if you're seeing a brown snake anyway. And you say, Trent, there's a brown snake. Go and get the shotgun. And he goes to Trent. all the different parts where the where the where the shotgun are. He puts the gun together, and then he goes and shoots the snake. It's a trick. I, I have never you don't been want the snake to bite the dogs. No, no. Uh, I have never been convinced that really ruffle Matt's feathers. Australia is the southeast of the the rest of the world i'm i'm fully convinced because this is a scenario that would happen truly on on some any you could just live farm. in the city you could just live in the city right yes yeah the city the, the city, city is where the shit is there yes. are like big, there are there are some there's still yeah big cockroaches yeah. and stuff but yeah cockroaches and like new york rats you don't have to kill with an axe so i'm i'm rats cool really pussing abscess pussing abscess oh. Have you seen how anyway. big the lizards are? Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Dick, thank you so much. This has really been a pleasure. Um, I knew that it would be pretty good. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry it's, for it's, rambling. No, dude. It, we went on so many tangents that, like, is kind of what the show is <laughs> is about on a sub level. Uh, it, yeah, it was hilarious and definitely one of the funnier episodes that we've had. So. Connor and I are mostly funny people, yeah, so you know we uh, we appreciate you coming on. <laughs> um, we always like to give the guest a chance to shout out what they want to. So, have at it. I have no shout outs. No shout. What uh, what is your what is your website? What is your Instagram handle? No where can where can people see your see your work? My website is dickcarroll.com. C A double R O double L. And my Instagram is Dick, period, like a dot, Carol. Awesome. C A double R O double L. Yeah. Easy. Definitely. I finally got Very that. I, I finally got that URL this year. Oh, nice. Right. Nice. Gotta, have to gotta talk be after this. Um, I owned it for a million website. years, but now I got it. Of course. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone go follow Dick and uh, check out his uh, fucking fantastic artwork. Keep up with him. Um, of course, once again, thanks for coming on. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, apocalypse studs at gmail.com at apocalypse studs on Instagram. I am Matt Smith at rebels rogues. And I'm Connor Fowler at Connor Fowler. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheerio. Bye.